Convenient. I'd record this because I guarantee some profound stuff is going to come flying out of these lips. <laughs> I'm How you doing, excited. son? Where are you at? I'm in Huntsville, Alabama, sir. Huntsville, Alabama. There is a uh, there's some uh, uh, bombers in that area. There's a launch pad nearby. I've I've had some great great uh, effervescent, outrageous rock and roll sonic bombast memories in Huntsville, <laughs> Alabama, baby. You got some really nice girls down there. We got uh, yeah, we got the bomb squad down here. We got the arsenal. We are huge military. Uh, and everybody loving. Uh, well, you're talking the right guy because I'm just a car player, but I have a bomb squad and I'm huge military and I have an arsenal even right now as I speak with you. <laughs> and you've got the brand new single, Come and Get It, which I, I believe I've watched the video. Very military ties here. But talk about this brand new song, man. Come and Get It. Another Ted Nugent, just in your face ripper. Well, you know, I. Uh, I was born with, um, I was born middle finger first, actually. And I was born in Detroit when we were the arsenal of democracy. I mean, stop and think. If you wanted to be born anywhere on planet Earth, wouldn't it be the arsenal of democracy? I mean, Detroit stopped making uh, and cars and started making howitzers and bombers for World War II to clean up the mess from the Japs and the Nazis. So that attitude and that effervescence, that positive spirit, that good over evil celebration, kind of like Kyle Rittenhouse in 2021. But good over evil is our something to be celebrated. So the work ethic, the family, God, family, country, constitution, bill of rights, 10 commandments, golden rule, being the best that you can be. Work ethic was pounded home, law and order. Uh, that was the, the American dream foundation that we lived and were taught by parents and even in school back then. So when I unleash my 73 years clean and sober of sponging experiences and history and evidence, and data and, and, and pulses in the atmosphere, um, it comes out of me musically. So with the enemy infesting our government right now, when, when it's the most heartbreaking moment in the history of America, where the worst enemy for America is the United States government, where they're th they not only threaten to end our freedoms, but they are actually active and succeeding in ending our freedoms. First Amendment, Second Amendment. There's no real Second Amendment in America right now. Because if there were, just like the First Amendment, you'd have that right on every street corner, in every city, in every town, in every building, without paperwork. That's what the First Amendment meant. It's a God-given, self-evident truth, instinctual, natural right. 
And you don't need paperwork for God-given individual rights. So the Second Amendment has already been infringed because you don't have that same right as the First Amendment, when in fact, as the Bill of Rights dictates, uh, we do have it, we're just being infringed. So I'm a political guy because I believe that in my heart and soul that even guitar players qualify as we the people and and <laughs> that I'm experimenting in self-government as a free man, as an American. And as I experiment in self-government every day, I see just such rampant, jack-booted thuggery by government, media, uh, so, uh, big tech, uh, Hollywood, uh, uh, academia, every, everywhere you look, you've got people that hate America, that hate freedoms, that, that defy the, 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 the natural order of the Constitution and the Bill of Rights. And so I've always confronted these evil forces, and I'm not afraid to do so. And this song, Come and Take It, is just another perfect example of a Ted Nugent love song. It's a love song to the government. And I sent a copy to Beto O'Rourke. And if you're sincere about taking away our guns, here's my address and my itinerary. Start with me, punk. So it's, it's a love song. Do you feel the love? I feel the love, Uncle Ted. Uh, you talked about, you hit on a thousand things I want to hit on, but you talked about 73 years old now was and you're still you got the new album coming out next year new singles already out was there has there ever been a moment where you said that was it i got no more songs have you ever ever thought about retiring from music or is it always running through your brain well i don't i didn't invent the term carpe diem but i perfected it by the time i was two I mean, I really, I, I, did, I couldn't have told you that we owe our heart and soul dedication to thanking God for his gift of life every day. But I always have dedicated myself to thanking God for the gift of life every day. And once I got to be a kid playing guitar and trying to uh, create Chuck Berry grinds, and Bo Diddley and Little Richard, this new, outrageous, defiant, fun, intense soundtrack with the electric guitar, I couldn't wait to get up and start exploring the guitar. I've always been an archer. I've always been a hunter. I couldn't wait to wake up and cross Hazleton and go to the Rouge River in Detroit and sneak up on a pheasant or a covey of quail. There was just wildlife galore on the Rouge River right in Detroit. The squirrels, the chipmunks, the songbirds, the, the birds of prey, um, the ducks, the geese, uh, woodchucks and, and coons and possums and skunks. I was always fascinated by wildlife. So even before I could have articulated it, I've always craved waking up. And as I progressed with my guitar playing, I couldn't wait to try something new and experiment with a new pattern and a new noise and a new phrase, a new uh, vo voice. Uh, and then I began expressing myself lyrically, which is very gratifying because it's a, it's a, 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 a pure, uh, expression of everything you believe in, whether it's silly Wango Tango stuff, though it's not really that silly, uh, or it's a sincere Fred Bear, or on the new album there's a song called Leave the Lights On that was inspired by my the death of my beloved brother John. Um, and the things I express, it, it's autobiographical, and 
I can't wait to get up. I, I got up here in Albany, Texas this morning with my bow and arrow. <laughs> and three hours later, I got four beautiful deer dead and hanging and gutted. So I, I really do live life to the fullest. So I can't wait to make music. I can't wait to pick up my guitar. I'm getting on stage tonight in, in Abilene with a great artist, Tim Montana, who's opening for ZZ Top, my, my buddies. Um, and I'm going to get up there and we're gonna play the greatest love song of all time, Cat Scratch Fever. And then I'll drive home tonight and I'll have my dogs get in bed with me. And then tomorrow morning we'll get up and kill some ducks. So I, I find myself hurrying to pee in the morning. I, I shake the last drop so I can get the hell out there and do something. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm really, I think, I think my critics are most um, brain dead because I think they're angry that I'm happy. <laughs> Because I stand up with all the controversial stuff, you know, all the best stuff in the world is controversial, and I fight for it all my life, and it drives dirtbags crazy, and I think that's, uh, I think that's uh, doing God's work. I think what you just said also leads to my next question that I, I wanted to ask you. You mentioned clean and sober your entire life, and I think everybody just automatically thinks sex, drugs, and rock and roll. I've I've heard you in other interviews. Look, peer pressure's a bitch, and you have said you've turned down from the best of them. Hendrix, Keith Moon, Bon Scott, all of them. You're just one of those natural guys that anybody would bet money, hey, my man's on drugs or my man does anything, but you have that just already built in you somehow. Am I a lucky son of a bitch or what? <laughs> I mean, I thank God every day. But I, I think being born in that 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 glow of good over evil following World War II, it was so unambiguous. It was cut and dry. American GIs, freedom, good. Japanese slaves to a punk emperor, Nazi devils, bad. The good guys crush the bad guys. So you can get cocky. And in Detroit, cocky was an art form. And I think I've perfected it, if I do say so myself. So when I was, I've always been a critical thinker before the term critical thinker uh, was coined. Uh, when the hippies were offering me dope, in fact, it was before the hippies, it was the beatniks. I would play pool parties or fraternity parties when I was uh, 9, 10, 11 years old. There were no hippies yet. It was beatniks. It was Dobie Gillis and Maynard G. Krebs. You'll have to Google that. And, uh, you know, Gilligan. the beret and the goatee. And, yeah, and, 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 and puking on getting high, you know, getting high and choking and puking and throwing up. <laughs> I don't know when that became a party, but it'll never be a party where <laughs> I live. Um, so I wanted to play Chuck Berry stuff accurately. And thank God... I was able to implement some pragmatism into the choice to remain clean and sober because I saw these great musicians that I was able to collaborate with lose their touch, lose their fire, lose their tightness, their musical cohesiveness. The more they smoked dope and the more they drank. So I go, well, I'm going to avoid that because not only are they drooling and puking and some of them are dying, but they're losing communication skills. They, I mean, when I... I could tell you so many stories, these great, great gifted artists that you can't even carry on a conversation because they're drunk or stoned. I just comfortably numb is actually uncomfortably dumb and you're missing out on everything. I mean, Steven Tyler can't remember anything between 1969 and the year 2000, I think. <laughs> uh, and, and he's a great man, he's a great talent. And I did, I told John Belushi in a just a heartbreaking scene that looked like a, an outtake from Scarface. 
I, I told him he's going to die. This stuff is going to, you can't do this. And I told that to Bon Scott. I told Jimi Hendrix he was going to die. I told Keith Moon he was going to die as they laughed at me um, because I wouldn't partake with the mind-destroying, life-destroying bullshit. Uh, so I, I, I was able to put my urge to rebel against the discipline of my father. Um, I was able to circumvent that for musical integrity. Musicians that would be best at communicating and collaborating and exploring uncharted musical adventure, which is the essence for me of music, um, they were always the ones that were sober, so, mostly temporarily, but at least I, I realized that the, the lie that puking and stumbling and drooling, that's it, not a party. It, 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 it's an embarrassment. I'm a party. Every, every minute of my life is a party. Uh, I'm a party in a deer blind. <laughs> I had a party in the bathroom a minute ago. I mean, after a good Mexican meal, that's a damn party. Um, my point is, is that I'm, I'm really alive. I, I, I don't need any outside stimuli. I, I, I am my own stimuli. <laughs> Not in the white-tailed deer provides adequate amounts as well. Yeah. <laughs> There's a beautiful girl just down the, a couple tables from me right now, and every once in a while I glance up and I'm stimulated. That's a party. That's a party. That's a party. You've mentioned him uh, earlier, and I've seen you talk about him before, uh, and he, I'm honored to have been able to stop by his grave. He's buried about 10 minutes from my house. Little Richard was buried here at Oakwood University. Just uh, just talk about Little Richard and the impact he had on, I mean, of course, everybody, but you personally. Well, it, it's, a, it's a very serious story. I mean, stop and think of the era. Um, the black musical power couldn't have come from anywhere else because they were heart shattered by the atrocity of slavery that another man thought they had authority over another man. And they executed that unfounded, illegal, immoral, toxic authority. And the slaves had to obey or they'd kill him. And they did kill him. So they came out of a, 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 just a, a demonic uh, chapter of humanity and they finally got free. So the angst, the anger, the frustration, the heartbreak, the, 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 the horrible control of others over them was so wrong that they sang blues as emotional as mankind can express heartbreak and, and, and anger and frustration. So those blues songs and those blues artists were so pure and genuine of an expression of the worst condition of man. Well, then they got free 
and I give you Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, and Little Richard. I mean, <laughs> Little Richard, what, what a firebrand. What, you know, the punk era, everybody was all excited about the punk era. I went, I didn't think so. I had Little Richard. You punks ain't punk. Little Richard's the god of punk. Here's a black guy with a pompadour <laughs> singing Tutti Frutti about what he's going to do with your daughter. <laughs> That's punk. <laughs> Screaming and jumping up on his piano and playing it with his feet. I mean, so I've been in the eye of the the outrage musical defiant storm then that's a, that emotion of unleashed defiance was as pure as the oppression of slavery oppression being the worst of the worst and unbridled defiant enthusiasm being the best of the best so i was born in that era and les paul had just electrified the guitar and they were just coming to grips with how to implement this beast of an instrument, this universally unlimited, expressionable instrument. But Little Richard was taking those historic bass lines, and he's playing them with his left hand while he's just beating the living piss out of the right hand high-end keys. And it had such an electricity to it, such a, a, a fiery... Um, outrageous noise element and groove and, and high energy, which was unlike any music before it. And young people immediately latch on to new, defiant, different, and especially high energy. And as a kid, um, even though Little Richard didn't feature the guitar much, it was more Chuck Berry and Bo Diddley that got my attention guitar-wise. But as far as expressing oneself in an absolute unafraid, raw, uninhibited way, I give you Little Richard, and there's never been another one other than me. And if you listen to the opening vocal of Wango Tango, that is as close as any white guy ever got to breathing fire like, like Little Richard. I'm so proud of that. <laughs> talk, let's talk about the live aspect. There's That is a, a, you know, a big key of musicianship, and it's you know, there's a lot of bands that, of course, can't do it now. But that was very important to your career, I think, was those live albums and translating. This is me all the time. And you get that energy through the record at all times. And I still watch you play. And, of course, you got the tour coming up next year, still on the road. Every time you play, you still got that shit-eating grin. Like, this is the coolest thing ever. I'm having the time of my life. It never looks like a job to you. You ask any of my bandmates, and I've been surrounded by the most gifted, hardworking, virtuoso, gentleman, fire-breathing musicians that have ever walked the earth, going all the way back to the Lourdes when we won the Battle of the Bands in 63 and opened up for the Supremes, uh, when I opened up for Billy Lee and the Rivieras and Martha and the Vandellas as I was uh, 12 years old. But those artists, especially Billy Lee and the Rivieras, who turned into Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels, they were inspired by all things black musical authority. James Brown, Wilson Pickett, the Motown Funk Brothers, certainly Chuck Berry, Bo Diddley, Little Richard. Uh, they played all, we all played all of those songs by those artists. Well, I started playing guitar because I, I wanted to express what Chuck and Bo and Little Richard inspired in me. Also the Ventures, Lonnie Mack, Dwayne Eddy, the first guitar of you know monsters um with this new electrified 
heretofore background strumming instrument. Now they're playing fiery lead uh, melodies and 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 upfront rhythm tracks um, that were historical to bass lines and piano lines, and now they're doing it on a guitar. So when I did it at first, I was just a little kid. I started when I was six or seven, and my dad being the drill sergeant in the U.S. Army Cavalry that he was, God bless the man, <laughs> what a great, what a great man. Um, I, he said, if you're going to play guitar, you're going to practice 30 minutes every day, every day. That's how, my, that's how he raised me. So he'd set the timer on the stove, and I'd have to make guitar noise for 30 minutes. And I took lessons from Joe Podorsik at the Capitol School of Music on Grand River as early as 58 uh, through 59, teaching me the basics. Um, though I wasn't really good at sticking with the basics, I kind of would take honky-tonk or boogie-woogie and I'd bastardize it by playing it different or double-picking instead of dong a doo dong a i go dong a doo dong 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 And I'd rhythm it up a la Little Richard's right hand. So when I did that, I'd do it all by myself in the bedroom and friends would hear it, and they'd ask me to play, play it more. So this natural uh, metamorphosis takes place in a musician where you realize, even though in my world, and I think in all the greatest musicians' world, you play to find out what you can do, how you can express yourself. Um, the guitar neck looks limited, but it's not. You, it, we, we haven't even begun to milk the capabilities from that guitar neck, and I, I'm going to again tonight. So when you got a couple of girls that all of a sudden like your music, you go, well, I guess it's not just for me. They like it too. Um, and so now instead of a couple of buddies and a couple of girls, now you're invited to play at a birthday party in a girl's basement. Yeah, I can do that. That's cool. And as a music lover, you realize that there are others that love music and somehow you have developed enough musicality that they're celebrating what you're celebrating and delivering. So that's where I think the showmanship comes from, is that I, 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 as a bow hunter, I have to have a, I have to aspire to omniscience, to see the deer before he sees me and to come to full draw before he sees me come to full draw and kill him before he knows I kill him. That, that is a, a predator awareness level, situational awareness. As a, as a sheriff deputy, I have to have situational awareness. I think just as a free man, I have to have situational awareness. And if you apply that to a musical, listening to the music around you, and then you start getting feedback from the girls dancing and the girls smiling, and maybe a guy that, I didn't pay much attention to the guys, but I saw them starting to dance, and they're really <laughs> liking this kind of grind and this kind of groove and this kind of noise. And so... Now we got a bunch of people that are celebrating the music process, the artistic um, delivery uh, 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 adventure. Boy, these are, I'm really expressing this accurately. This is great stuff. Um, and then all of a sudden you see that now there's more people that want it. Now you can start playing at Walt's Malt Shop and there's 12 people there and I get a free malt out of the deal. That was on Warwick and Grand River. <laughs> I can remember all this stuff. Um, and so now all of a sudden instead of Walt's Malt Shop and, and Marilyn McMillan's uh, birthday party in the basement, now uh, you got a couple guys on bass and drums and you go, well, let's set up at the VFW. And all of a sudden there's 50 people. Oh, this people like this this is awesome and i'm inspired because if i was a welder and my welds were really super strong and last forever i, I imagine i'd be called to do a lot of welding 
well, my music is touching people. And so it went from there to where I played Walt's Malt Shop for 12 people to where I played Cal Jam for 400,000 people. And in 2022, I'm going to go on tour again with the greatest band, Greg Smith on bass guitar, Jason Hartness on drums. Are you kidding me? These guys are musical animals. And they're so tuned in to that black tightness, the James Brown level of tightness and, and dynamic delivery and, and crescendo of fire. Uh, so I, I can't wait to do it. In fact, I would like to say that Greg and Jason and I, after recording Detroit Muscle and not being able to tour in 2020 or 2021, thanks to the communist Chinese infesting our White House, that we are absolutely horny animals to <laughs> unleash the beast. We can't wait to uh, get up there and unleash these killer songs because playing my songs every musician will tell you they all want to play Dog Eat Dog and Motor City Madhouse they all want to play Wang Dang Sweet Poon Tang and they want to play Working Hard Playing Hard they want to play Cat Scratch Fever and Stranglehold and we can't wait to play these songs and especially on the new record Born in the Motor City Detroit Muscle Feedback Grind Fire wait till you hear Feedback Grind feedback, Fire Grind Fire Holy God, what kind of beast unleashed that? Um, the Driving Blind, the beautiful instrumental, winter, spring, summer, fall. We can't wait to play these songs. So, yeah, I'm a lucky man. I'm old. I'll be 73 next week. Um, but I have a fiery passion for the things that I have a fiery passion for, which is pretty much everything. Um, but the music is right there equal to the boat. Well, it's God, family, country, career, life, musical adventure. It, 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 I've had these priorities forever, and uh, they're still sizzling today. How, how lucky am I, huh? You're a dadgum poet, Mr. Nugent. You're a dadgum poet. We can't <laughs> wait. We can't wait. To, you're a wordsmith. I love every second of it. Can't wait to hear Detroit Muscle as it comes out. A couple more things. I know you're very busy. I'll give you a couple more things before you get out of here, because I know you got a lot to do, like Go hunting, got a show, you got a pretty lady in the room, so we got a lot. I wanted to uh, I wanted to ask, because love of Detroit, you've already mentioned it, you love Detroit, you love that music scene, everything that's came out of it. Um, take yourself off of it. Who would you say is the Rushmore of Detroit music? Give me top four. If I'm not on it, you're not on it, it we're taking yourself off. I'm going to take myself off. Well, that's unnatural. Um, <laughs> certainly Mitch Ryder. I would He's say big, Mitch Ryder. He was a big Ryder, influence on you. I've heard you say that before. Monster. Monster talent. Uh, Mitch Ryder and the whole band. Uh, Mitch Ryder and the Detroit Wheels. I can name every one of them. I can name every guitar they owned, every amplifier. In fact, I own Jimmy McCarty's Fender Twin. Um, and I keep nice. in touch with the guys. Uh, certainly Bob Seger. Um so, well, before both of those, the Motown Funk Brothers. Are you kidding me? You'd have to have, they are the foundation of all the greatest musical ideas. They've inspired yeah. everybody in the history of music. Um, Funk Brothers, Mitch Ryder, Bob Seger. And, you know, you could go uh, Stevie Wonder. You could go The Four Tops. You go uh, Marvin Gaye. I mean, there's so many. Um, but I think even before I list those Motown um, super talents, 
I would probably put Grand Funk Railroad up there, even though it's not yeah. Detroit proper. It was just north of Detroit. So I would say Funk Brothers, uh, Mitch Ryder, Bob Seger, and probably Grand Funk Railroad. But I could, I could add another 20. I mean, nobody might oh. not know uh, the Scott Richardson case or the Rationals or Dick Wagner and the Frost. There were bands that were Brownsville Station, monster fire-breathing rock and roll. Uh, so many great bands. Now, now Kid Rock, and even though I can't stand the hip-hop rap music, Eminem, even though he's kind of a goofball, um, his musical force is uh, substantial, and he, he makes Detroit proud just out of sheer attitude. Unfortunately, his attitude is all geared in the wrong direction. <laughs> but uh, we'll give him a break for that. <laughs> What's uh what's new music that Ted Nugent's in? Who's some of the who's some of the new guitarists you like or younger? Anybody stand out to you in new music? You know, there's not there really isn't any new ones. Uh, Joe Bonamassa is a fire breather. I love Joe. Incredible. Uh, but he's been around a long time and he's playing such traditional stuff that I I prefer killer guitar players that can that can incorporate their killer touch into song delivery like a, like a Billy Gibbons or a, or Eddie Van Halen. Um, I, I love the Foo Fighters, but I'm let down that there's no crescendo guitar solos. Um, I like the fiery crescendo where the guitar unleashes. Um, so uh, Greta Van Fleet is great oh, out of uh, yeah. uh, Michigan, Grand Rapids, Michigan. But again, that's it's almost a regurgitated Zepp, um, which again is, is legit and it's good, and they do a, a phenomenal job of it. But I got to tell you, it's really heartbreaking that all the best music is from us old guys. Um, the new country stuff, it, it makes me want to throw up. It sounds like Ferris wheel music at a bad county fair. And it's all formulated. It's all predictable. Um, <laughs> uh, even though I love Toby Keith and, 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 uh, and, and Blake Shelton, and I, I love those guys, but I, uh, and they do have great bands, and they are great music uh, 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 masters. But I just can't stand sappy music. I want if if the forehead veins don't pop at least once during the song, I will not listen to it. <laughs> well, let me tell you, if you've if you've got songs like you've got, uh, what was it? Uh, feedback grinder. Feedback. Feedback grindfire. Tell me what you want. Tell me what you need. Tell me all your wildest dreams. Give me some feedback grindfire. Tell me what all of this means. Did it feel good? Did it feel right? Did I set your soul on fire? Did you fall in love? Did you live your dreams? Give me some feedback grindfire. Yeah, that's what I'm talking it's a love about. Song. I, I played that in my truck the other day, and I caused I caused an elk to start breeding. <laughs> <laughs> I will inspire spontaneous breeding, uncontrollable breeding, just with a couple stanzas of my love songs. You, you know it's true. <laughs> you mentioned you love the powerful. I mean, you have some of the most classic solos, guitar solos, uh, just breathing fire, like you said. As someone for myself who does not play guitar, but talking to other uh, friends that are into the guitar, I've always been fascinated because you are you are one of the masters at it. A long solo, and even though it doesn't have words, it almost tells a story. What is the what is the I don't know how to put it, but what is the key to getting through that? Is it all because I, not everybody can do that, as you know. Um, I don't I don't know if it's a thing that you can teach somebody to go. Hey, I can play as a guitar solo, but is it mental? I know there's a lot of physical, but what's going on to to 
keep a crowd engaged and do a lengthy guitar solo? It, it really is simple, and it, it's like this. You have to crave it to such a degree that you never stop doing it. And if you do it every day, every day of your life, and if you don't throw three-pointers every day of your life, you're not going to make them. If you don't tee off and learn which dimple you're supposed to hit with what type of velocity without, with which iron, and know how to slice that ball on a dog leg. I can't even believe I know these nomenclatures of sports that I have no idea how they work. <laughs> but my grandson, Jack, was the Michigan State golfing champ. So I know that he, to be a state champ, here's how he does it. Golfs every day. How do you play guitar like Ted Nugent? You got to play guitar every day. And then when you're clean and sober, you pick up on all the pulsations of life around you, the good, the bad, and the ugly, the evidence, the historical, the current, and even sometimes you can get the future. And if that goes into your system, I'd like to think, and I've been given this compliment many times, and I take it to heart, I, didn't, I couldn't have told you this is what I was setting out to do, but I wanted to speak with my guitar solos. Millions of people can, can vocal along with my stranglehold guitar solo. It's phrasing. I get more inspiration for guitar solos from a junior walker in the all-star sax than I do some guitar uh, input. But I'd like people the greatest compliment I've ever been given, I've been many times, that my, my guitar solos are lyrical. And it's almost what would Aretha Franklin sing here? She wouldn't go. <laughs> She would probably go, and pause. 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 If you just noodle all over the place, the girls don't like that. And if the girls don't like that, I'm not doing it. <laughs> so I'd like to think that guitar solos and their ultimate delivery should be lyrical and phrasing and notes that a killer soulful singer would sing and by the way detroit muscle wall to wall every guitar solo was take one most of them were performed take one during the rhythm track when i'm wow. just playing along with the um so and again i don't think you can um train for well maybe you could train for that but it, training might take away the 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 primal rawness of your expressionism if, if you just live a really full life and you're not afraid of any new adventure and you're never afraid to express ah maybe that's it never afraid to express yourself because someone might fire you or cancel you or not like you but if you believe in something say it and if you're like that and i'm and i am that then when you go to hit a guitar pattern, it's, it's out of body. It's, it's a stream of consciousness. I, I, I could care less whether you like this or not because this is the notes I believe and feel. But I think that's the best answer I've ever given. Um, and I didn't know that, but now I know that. Now you know that. Now everybody knows that. Now we all know that. We cannot wait to hear Detroit Muscle dropping still in April, right, 2022? Yeah, I don't know how that works anymore because we finished it back in July. It should have come out in August. 
one is not how the industry works anymore. So they got they got the first love song, Come and Take It, Go Ahead and Try, Go Ahead and Die. Do you feel the love? I mean, I, I didn't invent love, but I think I perfected it on this song. Come, um, come and Take It is out now, and then a killer song, Wait Till You Hear American Campfire. I wish there was a guitar here earlier. Um, everybody loves the American Campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? Everybody loves the American Campfire. Go ahead and fan the flames. We'll gather round, children. The party is on. Family and friends are here. Pull up a stump. Set yourself down. I'd like to buy you all a beer. Everybody loves the American Campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? Get the fuck out of here. What kind of song is that? It's a great song. And we hadn't even heard the fire-breathing guitar behind it and the drums. Yeah. Oh, wait till you hear the guitar. Give me that guitar, Bob. Wait till you hear This is only an acoustic guitar, which it, it'll never be a Gibson Birdland. It just Come happens on. to be here at the, at the deer camp. But I just picked up my Birdland one day, and I went. I don't know if you can hear this. Everybody loves the American campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? Everybody loves the American campfire. Go ahead and fan the flames. We'll gather round, children. The party is on. Family and friends are here. Pull up a stump, set yourself down. I'd like to buy you all a big call. Everybody loves the American campfire. Don't you hear it calling your name? Get out of what else you're going to sing to that? Come on! I literally sat down and played. Everybody loves the American campfire. Don't care your name. Get the. Everybody loves the American campfire. Go ahead and fan the flames. It says something. It's beautiful. Come on, Come on my man. Well, we can't wait. And every one of my songs things. happens like that. I. I just pick up the guitar and flames come out. And then the flames inspire a cadence and a lyrical delivery that's usually parallel to the guitar rhythm. Um, and it's just the way I play. And again, I never, I've never sat down with a pad of paper and a pencil or ever sat down and went, hey, I think today I'll write a song today. I, never, I just pick up the guitar and let the flames just scorch earth. <laughs> It's like, I like to think that my guitar is like an A-10 warthog, and I like to take it for a walk once in a while. <laughs> <laughs> Just carpet bombing everybody. I love it. Yeah, I'm a wallpaper carpet bombing kind of guy. You know, <laughs> total earth destruction with a Gibson guitar. <laughs> but it's it, but it's all in the name of love. Mr. Nugent, I know you're busy. I'll let you go. I really, really appreciate you taking time today. Uh, come and take it's out now. Detroit Muscle coming out in 2022. Then, of course, a tour to follow it up. You are a legend, sir, and I appreciate you joining me today. Well, Cassio, my love to everybody down there in Huntsville, Alabama. Eat some uh, uh, Cajun gumbo or something if you get down to the coast. But uh, God bless everybody. Tell everybody, uh, everybody how much I truly value and appreciate and cherish their support for this gravity-defying career I've had for over 60 years. I'm having so much fun, it's stupid, and it's everybody else's fault. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Ted Nugent, uh, thank you for listening. Thank you for joining us, everybody. Stay back.